1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Tributes continue to pour in for Andy Gorham after the Rangers legend passed away over the weekend. The goalie won five league titles with the Ibrox side as well as three Scottish Cups and two League Cups. He was also capped 43 times by Scotland. I'm Andrew McLean. Joining me in the studio tonight is Hugh Keevans. Well, Andy Gorham has dominated the news agenda since uh, Saturday at lunchtime when the sad news of his passing broke. I found out today, Andrew, there's going to be another book about Andy Gorham He had his own autobiography Dealing largely with the Rangers years But there's another book coming out Later this year On the three and a half years he spent at Easter Road As Hibs goalkeeper And in that book Which of course was in preparation Before Andy found out That he was dealing with terminal illness In that book he says His epitaph would be Here lies Andy Gorham He was dealt a hand And he played it No regrets Andy Gorham, in his own words. Well, Hugh Keevans will be giving us plenty of memories, plenty of stories about Andy Gorham tonight. And I'm sure plenty of you out there have fond memories and stories yourself of Andy Gorham. And it would be great to hear them as well if you want to share them. You can give us a call 01419511025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. Of course, there's still plenty going on in the world of football as well. Celtic and Rangers flying out today in their pre-season training camp. Celtic off to Austria, as they often do. Christopher Julian is part of the travelling party despite nearly leaving last week Rangers have headed out to Portugal for some warm weather training, John Souter has joined up today with the squad for the first time, they're still on the hunt for signings of course, any thoughts on your club and signings or pre-season, anything like that 01419511025 but as I say, if you've got any memories any stories of Andy Gorham 01419511025 that is the only place to start tonight Hugh, of course the sad news that Andy Gorham passed away over the weekend after a short battle with cancer of course, well remembered for his time at Rangers, but as you say, he had spells at, at Hibs, Motherwell, Manchester United as well, capped by Scotland 43 times. And he only got the news, I think it was about 10 weeks ago, about his illness oh. as well. He led a tumultuous, tempestuous life. He was, without question, uh, the best goalkeeper I think that I've ever seen in Scotland. Uh, he was, I think the man who got Rangers nine in a row over the line because when Tommy Burns was the Celtic manager and Celtic were playing terrific football and went through one season with only one defeat in the league but still did not win the title, I believe that Tommy Burns' Celtic could have prevented nine in a row but for Andy Gorham. I know that there were other great players in that team. At various stages, you had Richard Goff and Brian Loudrup and other legendary figures from Rangers but Andy Gorham for his performances against Celtic in particular altered the course of history A lot has been written and said about Andy Gorham over the weekend and over the past week or so and one of the things that people say a lot is just he was the man for the big occasion in those big matches as you say old firm games he always showed up he always had unbelievable saves to make mm. and as you say sometimes Celtic were the better side but Rangers managed to get that draw or get that victory because Andy Gorham was at the top of his game oh, Two matches in particular for me Andrew, there was a three-all draw at Ibrooks. he had a save from Pierre Van Hoydonk It wasn't Gordon Banks and Pelly 
in the World Cup final But it was in the neighbourhood It was that good a save And so 3-3 stayed 3-3 And not 4-3 for Celtic And there was another night at Celtic Park Minutes to go I can still see it Paul McStay It was bound for the top left hand corner All the way And then Andy Gorham Could transfer his weight And you know There was considerable weight there Uh, Andy Gorham could transfer his weight Like nobody's business And he kept this ball out of the net And so once again Paul McStay was defied Tommy Burns was defied And Celtic were defied that's what it was. It was it was shot stopping. It was those fast reflexes that, when you look back on some of those saves, they just look incredible, don't they? Well, you know, the, he, funnily enough, he came to Rangers and he made two big mistakes right away. Uh, but Alan Hodgkinson, the, the former England goalkeeper, was brought onto the staff by Walter Smith, and he, Alan Hodgkinson, and Andy Gorham had a terrific relationship. Uh, there, there is no question that he was. Outstanding Terrific uh, And As I say Led a tempestuous Tumultuous life uh, It's amazing that you Packed it all into 58 years Well let's hear from you On the phones 01419511025 Or of course you can tweet us as well At Clyde SSB And I think Obviously it was It was Rangers That he's most remembered for His, his time at Rangers And I think if you speak to Any Rangers fan They will say he is Rangers greatest ever goalkeeper Without doubt uh, There's been an outpouring of emotion uh, As normally accompanies These events uh, Rangers have lost Sadly uh, Walter Smith uh, Even Davy Wilson A player from uh, My young day uh, Whose funeral took place last week uh, And Now they've lost Andy Gorham uh, so it was a sad time for them They also had the passing of their kit man Jimmy Bell uh, So the Rangers fans are Grief stricken over Andy Gorham And uh, his funeral will be quite an event You mentioned a, a quote from Andy Gorham himself That's in a book that's going to come out Some point in the future One quote that always gets banded around When people talk about Andy Gorham Is one from Tommy Burns And that was after a game Was it January 1996 yeah, Was yeah. that correct And Tommy Burns Came out after the game And said When I pass Put it on my tombstone Andy Gorham Broke my heart That is That's quite the quote Isn't it And if you read Andy Gorham's book Some years later He said that He loved Tommy Burns As a man As a Celtic man And he treasured The words that Tommy spoke Because he knew That they were heartfelt And they were In appreciation Of Andy Gorham's ability there's no question The games against Celtic Will be the ones that the Rangers fans Will remember I know there was the, the, the European run I know there was the game against the Leeds United Home and away uh, Where he was superb But it was the games against Celtic Andy Gorham Felt Rangers through and through And he knew that the, the biggest result Of all was the one against Celtic And every time he played Celtic Andy Gorham shone well, let's hear from you at home, 01419511025. Let's hear a bit from Alex McLeish, first of all, who's been talking about Andy Gorham. Devastating. Um, I saw him at the Scottish Cup final and uh, went along to the box that he was in with a bunch of um, pals that I know as well. And Andy, you know, he was in remarkable spirits. You know, he's a big man and sad, it's hard to talk about. Listen, he was an amazing goalkeeper. You know, I played with him in Scotland as well, and we we had some um, phenomenal performance levels. And if we couldn't do it, then he was there behind us to 
stop the very last attempt by the opposition. Do great, just a phenomenal goalie, and and uh, you know proud to have known him and uh, played with him. And I worked with great goalkeepers as well. We it's hard to separate them, but uh, Mandy was <laughs> he was a one-off. You know, thank goodness he became a footballer, not a cricketer. He was apparently international level of that, but um, you know, good that he, he came to football and well, he's been a national treasure. Yeah, Hugh, you hear the words of so many high-profile footballing names over the weekend, and it just shows how how much he was appreciated by so many people. They all just talk about that the ability. So many I've heard over the weekend have said that you know, at his peak, he was one of the best goalkeepers in the world, without doubt. Uh, you know, you don't have to go back over the the career that he's had to understand that was the case. The forty three caps for Scotland, the trophies won at Rangers, the reputation built at Easter Road. Uh, he was a superb footballer, and in keeping with the Scottish tradition, he lived a life off the park as well. Oh one four one nine five one one zero two five. Delighted to say we're now joined on the phone by Chick Charnley, who has decided to phone in and, and give some of his memories about Andy Gorham. Chick, how are you? Hi, fine, Andrew. Fine, Paul. Thank you very much for for joining us. I mean, you'll have known Andy very very well. Can you just tell us a, a bit about your memories and, and any stories you have? I, he was just a brilliant guy, and a great character, but done plenty of dinners with him, and just one. One dinner uh, came into my head. We were, we were working at a, a place in Edinburgh, and uh, Andy was around, as everybody knows, for lighting a glass of red wine or two. So at the top table, there was no red wine in this night. I've got my water. The comedian had his iron brew, whatever it was. So then, then I went on to do my 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 gig, the first uh, first speaker. So Andy's banged his knee under the table, and lo and behold, what was there was a case of red wine. So. He's drunk the first bottle after about 10 minutes. He's into his second bottle. I've come off after doing my bit after a half an hour. The MC, ladies and gentlemen, forgot to tell you, the first prize of the raffle is a case of red wine. <laughs> <laughs> As a wine connoisseur yourself, Hugh, that's a story you can appreciate. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, James Chick Charnley, it's a pleasure to speak to you again. How are you? Hi. Aye, all right, Chug, all right. But, um, Chug, as you know, we've been in his company plenty of times. It yeah. was a great company, you know what I mean? But, and more so, he was a fantastic goalkeeper. And uh, but everybody will miss him, miss him dearly. You, but, you, um, you played Chick with many a goalkeeper, he came up against many a goalkeeper. Do you rate him as the best? Aye, definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt. Sure, I was telling a couple of boys I'm working with, um, I worked with LSK Supplies, a couple of my pals in there, and uh, we played a charity match. Or at Paul it was for Tiger Tim, and uh, we played all there, and I hit a free kick, and it was one of the best I've ever hit. And honest to God, and he was it, maybe about ten years ago or something, like that, and he, he, he flew sail across the, the, uh, the goal and tipped away. But I've seen him doing that in, in games for charity and things. It was absolutely unbelievable. You know what I mean, and obviously the, the he played at the highest level, but it was it was it was second to none in my opinion. You just don't lose it, Hugh, when you've got that quality. No, absolutely not. Chick was the same. He, Chick was as good a player in the, the dying days of his career as he was at the very start. So, and Chick, like Andy, uh, you know, lived a life, and <laughs> yeah, uh, and you know, it, it's great to hear from you, Chick, because you know, it's it's just a Scottish trait. We we love our football. Players love to play it, but they also. Love the life that surrounds it, Chick. 
Well, that was the thing. That was the, after the games, the first thing you done was went out, went out with your pals and out with players and things. But again, he also, he also trained hard. I mean, I think again, obviously I didn't play with Andy, but um, he trained as hard as anybody. You know what I mean? But again, it's so sad. It's so sad that it's happened to him. But the Rangers fans are obviously never hard. Never will ever forget him because he was a fantastic guy as well. You uh, you know a thing or two about players and how they irritate managers. Andy could get uh, under the skin of Walter Smith from time to time. And I remember your eulogy at John Lambie's funeral. You could get under the gaffer's skin as well. Well, I had all levels for it. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the, the thing, again, the, the managers always they always respected. You no, know I mean, what you done, they punished you, and then you got on with it. You no, know I mean that that was a that was a thing with, with Lambie and. And um, Walter Smith, um, anything you done was forgot as long as you you worked hard and you you, you repaid them and on the park. But again, that, that's a dying thing as well. I think just with the managers like that, um, it's new. It's, it's too much uh, like school teachers type now. But again, as, as far as as far as it goes, it, it was it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, Hugh, that was the that was a life of a footballer in the eighties and nineties. You yeah. could get away with a lot more off the pitch than you can nowadays. But it was about striking that balance. And uh, all the stories you hear, Andy Gorham maybe wasn't the easiest player to manage, but when he was on the pitch, he always showed his quality. Yeah, uh, and you know, on and off the pitch, he played hard. You know, as Chick said, on a Saturday night, you'd go into certain pubs in the city centre, and you always knew who'd be in there. Uh, it didn't mean to say that they were going to shorten their careers. They just they just played hard. They lived hard. Uh, I'm not putting it forward as a recommended lifestyle for everybody. I'm just saying that's the way it was then. And, uh, you know, Chick will go down as one of the most entertaining players that Scottish football ever had. Nandy Gorham will go down as arguably the best goalkeeper the game ever had. Just so happened that they lived hard and played hard. Chick, are there any games in particular that, that stick out in your memory when it comes to Andy Gorham, or is it just more the the man and the character? Well, obviously, being a Celtic supporter, any time Celtic played him, it, it's been well documented. But um, it, it seemed to well, he did he stop Celtic? Should say earlier on about about the nine in a row. It was definitely due to Andy. Obviously, his teammates helped, but he, he was just a fantastic goalkeeper. And, Somebody saves him he made to say that the Vinehold dot one's been well documented as I said earlier. But just um it was just an incredible goalkeeper. And even for Scotland as well. And the praise that Peter Shelton gave him a day as well, that coming for somebody like him, that just tells you everything you want to know. Yeah. Yeah, Rangers had quite the team during that nine in a row run, but it speaks volumes of the man himself that so many people give him just so much credit for well, it. Well, I'm sure Chick will agree with me that in order to, to win a league title in this country now, you have to finish above Celtic or finish above Rangers. Celtic have to finish above Rangers or Rangers have to finish above Celtic. That's just the way it is. When Tommy Burns was there and Chick, big, big Celtic supporter that he is, would recall the football that Tommy Burns had Celtic playing. If it were not for Andy Gorham, points would have been dropped that could have stopped that nine in a row, uh, particularly in that 96-97 season. Uh, but that's where you develop your legend. Your legend grows as a Rangers player by what you do against Celtic and vice versa. And, and that was the case, Chick, wasn't it? 
Yeah, definitely, definitely. And again, uh, if Gorham, uh, if Gorham would have been there, there's no doubt that they wouldn't have won nine in a row. But again, it's just the accolade that's come in for Andy Gorham. It deserves every single one of them. You know what I mean? Because he, he was he was magnificent. The guy that won the case of red wine. Did you ever find him? Yeah, no, 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 I don't know. I think Andy with him with him. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much to Chick Charlie. It was great to hear from you. Thanks again, Chick. And if you want to share any of your stories or any memories at home that you've got on Andy Gorham, just give us a call 0141 951 1025. We've spoken about his time at Rangers. He obviously had success elsewhere, Hugh, and, you know, was a. I was saying a mainstay in that Scotland team, but you look at the caps, 43 caps, but oh. it was because he had such a, a tussle, really, with Jim Layton, didn't yeah. he, for that number one spot? Well, you're two incredible goalkeepers. And sometimes the tussle with Jim Leighton got the better of Andy because when Leighton was selected over Andy Gorham, he's a professional with professional reactions and he didn't like it. didn't like being the number two to Jim Leighton and sometimes he would let that get the better of him. Uh, but, you know, imagine having Leighton and Gorham as your two choices in goal. You it's know incredible. What, yeah. Well, thank you to Chick again. We'll get more on that and we'll get more of your stories and more of your memories. 0141-951-1025. You are the voice of Scottish football. Call 0141-951-1025. Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Keevans here with me, Andrew McLean, on tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. 0141-951-1025. If you want to get in touch, we've been reflecting on the career and the life of Andy Gorham we were hearing stories from Chick Charnley earlier on and we want to hear from you as well 0141-951-1025 or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB that's what Sean McGurk has done he said I met Gorham a few times when and when he found out I was a Celtic fan he was quick enough to give me stick but it wasn't in a malicious way and you could tell he loved his team but there was a respect for Tommy Burns that's lost in today's football culture he was 100% the best keeper this country has ever, ever produced a huge loss to football down through the years, you know, Andrew, um, Celtic and Rangers players have had this mutual respect for each other. It's probably not encouraged by supporters who don't understand, but uh, men throughout the decades have had uh, tremendous friendships. One played for Celtic, one played for Rangers. That's the way life should be. 0141951 Let's go back to the phones. Hartley is a Rangers fan in Hamilton. Hartley, when I say Andy Gorham to you, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Oh, I love the man to death. I was actually at his last game. It was actually uh, Scotland versus Denmark. And the, the the team ran out with no Rangers players playing. And actually, it was at Ibrox as well, which is a bit strange. But um, uh, the first half, Jim Lane was in goals. And the... Uh, uh, Denmark scored the goal and it's won nothing. It was actually a Rangers player that scored the goal. It was Brian Loudrup. <laughs> and in the second half, Leighton and Gorham switched and Gorham came on for the last game. Gorham, with his 43 caps, it was magnificent. Not that Leighton was bad. I mean, Loudrup scored a cracking goal against him. But Gorham was magnificent. Incidentally, Leighton got 91 caps for Scotland. So just think between these two guys, what did we have? And I, somebody mentioned it earlier, the Leeds games. Well, what was that like? That was absolutely magnificent. Uh, the, the English press uh, wrote us off totally, which is fabulous, uh, especially when you stuff them. Okay. 
Yeah, right, here, I think uh, it was that Denmark game about 1997, mm. 98. Would that be before the before the World Cup in yeah. 98? Just to go back to Hartley's point about the Leeds United game, though, mm-hmm. uh, I was at Ellen Road for the second leg. Um, if I'm correct, Alan McCoyst and Mark Hately got the goals. But Howard Wilkinson was the Leeds manager and he came in at full time and went off his head because he clearly felt there was some kind of embarrassment in an English club going out of Europe to a Scottish club. And he overlooked the fact that Rangers had a very, very good side and deservedly won on aggregate uh, and couldn't go over the fact that Andy Gorham was a good goalkeeper. You know, so he came in, I've never seen a man quite so angry. Uh, but that night, Andy Gorham played his part. That was it. The, the the money difference between Scottish and English football was nowhere near where it was back then that it is now. But that was you know that was Champions League we're talking about there. Rangers got to was it the semi finals the Champions League oh. that season and and that's the level Andy Gorham was performing at. Yeah, see the, the the performance of the Rangers team was terrific, and I thought that Howard Wilkinson that night after the game underplayed how good Rangers were because of the depth of a disappointment at the final result, uh, but. Take it from me, Hartley, you'd be an angry man. Hartley, are there, are there any saves in particular that stick out in your memory? Um, loads. I mean, I'm 76. I've seen all the Rangers goalkeepers since about 1952, 53. And uh, up there is Andy Gorham. I can't think of, and I've been trying to think of somebody that's close. McGregor's about the closest I can think of. But uh, no, nah, Andy Gorham's the best. Without a doubt. You talked earlier on, Hugh, about that Pierre van Hooydonk save. Is that the one that people kind of hold up above all else? Well, for me, you know, it defied logic, it defied the laws of gravity, it defied probability. Uh, how he kept it out, I'll never know, and neither will Big Pierre. Uh, but it was so pivotal, uh, and exactly what Andy Gorham was capable of. Hartley, is, is he just right up there when it comes to not just Rangers goalkeepers but Rangers players full stop? Oh yes, he's one of the one of the top. There's there's no doubt about that. I mean, d- during that time when Gorham was uh, behind the sticks, Rangers are a, a real team out there. I mean, everybody was top class, and uh, and Celtic were no mugs either in those days because we had some real bounce games against Celtic at that time. It was uh, good stuff. A pity it's not uh, as good as it is now because it's only Rangers and Celtic that seem to be doing it in Scotland. There's not much uh, challenge anywhere else. Occasionally there is, but not often. Is Andy Gorham one of Walter Smith's first Ranger signings in the very early? He would have been, yeah. Um, as I say, he'd spent three and a half years building a reputation at Easter Road. Uh, and then he came to Ibrooks, and you know, you always whether it's Andy Gorham or any other player, you wonder if they can make the step up. Um, my goodness, <laughs> he made the step up all right. Well, thank you to Hartley, 01419511025 on the phones, or you can send us a tweet at Clyde SSB. I know it's been a, a lot about Rangers, but plenty of other clubs he played for. One of the, the more interesting stories of his career is that short spell he had at Manchester United oh. towards the end of his career, where I think he made, was it two appearances? He was drafted in at the end of the season when they had a, a goalkeeping issue. I think Fabian Barthez was injured. They had a couple of other injuries, and Sir Alec Ferguson 
phoned him up but there's a good story there because he, he didn't quite believe that it was Sir Alex at first No, I thought it was Ali McCoyst who was, who was the arch joker in the pack at Ibrook so he hung up on Sir Alex Now, I've had my fair share of thrilling phone calls with the, Sir Alex in my time uh, so, but I've never had the, the courage to hang up on him He hung up on me plenty of times but uh, and then he called Andy Gorham back Andy having given him a traditional farewell message that he didn't care for uh, so he called them back straight away and I'd love to have heard that conversation but you know there you are you can always say play for Rangers and Manchester United yeah and it probably shows just how high regard he, he was he was held in by Sir Alec Ferguson that when they had a goalkeeping issue at that point that despite the fact that Andy Gorham was towards the end of his career and, and at Motherwell at that point that when he needed someone in, I think they'd already won the league at that point, but when he needed someone in that his mind went to, to Andy Gorham and thought, right, let's try and get him in. I think they paid about £100,000 as well to yeah. Motherwell to have him for the last couple of months of the season. Well, it's the ultimate compliment. When Sir Alex thinks you're good enough, uh, then it is the ultimate compliment. And remember the, the great story about Sir Alex with Jim Layton when Man United played Crystal Palace FA Cup Final 3-3. Uh, replay required and Sir Alex dropped Jim Layton and I remember Archie Knox saying you can't do that you'll destroy him and Alex said no it's the right thing to do now that's the kind of judgement that he exercised whatever was right for Manchester United that's what had to be done so he clearly thought Andy Gorham bring him down here I think it's the right thing to do I think he was. He actually won a Premier League winner's medal. I'm not sure he quite qualified, but I think the club did go out their way to make sure that he did get a medal for his contribution, played a couple of games towards the end of the season. I'm not sure that he actually completed either of the games. I think one of them, they substituted on another goalkeeper who was at that threshold of, oh. of, of winning a Premier League medal and they brought him on for that. But it's uh, quite, quite a thing to add to your career towards the end of it and something that would have been thoroughly unexpected for him. I haven't heard anything yet from Sir Alex or read anything from Sir Alex since uh, Andy passed away. Kenny Dalgleish today paid tribute to him by saying that he understood how much Rangers meant to Andy Gorham and how he had always given his all for Rangers. I expect we'll hear from Sir Alex in the coming days. Well, let's hear from Kenny Miller, who's been sharing some of his memories of watching Andy Gorham. Breaking Celtic fans' hearts with some of the, the saves he pulled off in the old firm games. I mean, there was a spell over a number of years where it seemed that Celtic and every old firm game were the better team and were probing and were trying to, and there was just this man to beat and goal that was just like shall not pass was, was one of the things and Rangers would maybe nick the game 1-0 or 2-1 and uh, it, it would have broke a lot of the Celtic fans' hearts over that over that period because it was a wonderful goal, I think, at that time. Probably one of the best goalkeepers in the world. Uh, at the time and I think if you fast forward a few years when you see he actually goes to Man United for a short spell I think he was at 37 he might have been at that point it showed how highly he was regarded because to go to a club and that was I think it was in 2001 uh, was when Man United were one of the probably if not the best one of the best teams in the world uh, and they called on Andy Gorham when they needed a bit of time so it showed how highly he was regarded as a as a, as a player uh, obviously my time was, was spent watching him for, for Rangers in Scotland uh, and obviously he was a huge character within that dressing room. You think of Gazers and uh, McCoy's, Durant's, Richard Goffs, all these types of guys. It was uh, he was he was right in there and a, and a real part of the of the Niner Row team. 
Well, let's go back to the phones. 01419511025. Andy is a Rangers fan in Finiston. Andy, what are your favourite memories of Andy Gorham? Hi, how are you doing, guys? First of all, condolences, family and friends. Obviously, that's a really, really sad, sad loss. But I was saying to the producer, I actually had the privilege of meeting Andy a couple of times when he was in the West End. He was sometimes in my wee local pub. And next door there was a bookies. So one day I walked in and there Andy Gorham playing the two machines. And I said, Andy, come on, we'll just get a pint. Uh, it's a mugs game. And he said, what machine are you on? And I said, that one over there. I said, well, join the club. <laughs> you know what I mean? He was just uh, that kind of guy. He didn't really know me. He knew he was a Rangers fan. But, you know, he was just uh, he was a down-to-earth guy. And it was a privilege to actually meet him a few times. You know, fans like Andy will have these stories to tell. Because... Andy Gorham came from a time in Scottish football when there wasn't the gulf between player and supporter that exists now. Players are rarely seen out in public. There are no more supporters' functions that players attend if you're Celtic or Rangers. Uh, They very much keep themselves to themselves and that was different back then because, as I said to you, on a Saturday night, I knew in which pub I could go to to find a Rangers player or a Celtic player. Uh, and I'm I'm going back to the 1970s, 80s, 90s it started to die out. But that's why Andy on the line could go into the bookie and find a player there. I could tell you the, the betting shops that they used as well uh, back in the day. Um, and that's good to hear that, you know, that kind of rapport between supporter and player or former player. Uh, it, I'm not blaming today's players. They live in their own kind of bubble. They are earning multi-million pound sums of money. I'm not blaming them for anything. The world has changed. But back then, you could go into a pub and meet Andy Gorham. Andy, are there any games, any particular saves that stick out in your mind? Obviously, just the one everybody is talking about, the you? Point dog one that was a, uh, but I mean he done it. I think as other call said before he done that many great great saves. You know what I mean? He was just because uh, they always say about his height, but he, he, he just he could move his body that quick and change direction that quick. He was just uh, I he was the best, honestly. In my, in my book, saying he was the best. A game that I've seen come up quite a lot over the weekend as well is against the Netherlands at, at Euro '96. Hugh. No, I think they won. The Dutch won one nil. Yes, uh-huh. yeah, Rude Yeah, that was the one. Yeah, um, you know, he had been through a bad time, Andy, uh, partly caused by his own uh, play hard, live hard philosophy. Uh, but this was him on the way back up, and uh, you know, Euro '96 was uh, terrific. Uh, he, he, he lost that goal against England as well, Gaza. Um, which didn't best please him. Uh, so, you know, it, as I say, that that golden moment where there was Jim Layton and there was Andy Gorham, uh, and no wonder we were able to qualify for so much then. Andy talked about his height. I don't think Gorham was, was five six eleven. Foot, five eleven. Yeah. And was he just sort of the fact he was deceptive? Was that a big thing about it that added to the appeal that he maybe? didn't look as if he was going to be as good a goalkeeper as he actually was. Correct. And that's why I said that that, uh, he wasn't the tallest, but he made up for it with the incredible agility. Uh, He was on the chunky side, if I could put it that way. But the transference of weight 
at speed was no problem to him. Uh, he, he was a, a real keen student of the goalkeeping game and what's required. Uh, so he was a serious professional when he had to be. And the achievements, the trophies, the caps, uh, perhaps he should have had more, but he had more than enough. He could have had more caps as well for Scotland in another sport as well. Yeah. Played for Scotland, yeah. international level cricket. I think did that come to an end when he signed for Rangers? I think Walter Smith had told him to focus on football. But the fact that he was able to play two sports at that level is quite something. Only one other guy I can think of you know, back in the day, Donald Ford, who was a striker for Hearts, who also played cricket. I mean, c- cricket's regarded as a bit of an oddity here. Uh, but... For a man born in Lancashire, as Andy was, uh, cricket was part of the fabric of their society down there. Uh, and he was top class. Could have made that his career rather than football, but it was football's good fortune that he chose that game. Not bad having the choice, is it? No, no, no. Wonderful. Although, uh, I don't know what Coisty and the rest made of it all. <laughs> Well thank you to Andy 01419511025 Give us a call now and you could be up next 01419511025 This is Scottish football's lead leader Clyde One Super Scoreboard Hugh Keevans here with me Andrew McLean in the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard We're getting plenty of stories Plenty of memories about Andy Gorham On the phones 01419511025 Or you can send us a tweet At Clyde SSB That's what Scott Lorimer has done He says absolutely gutted about Andy Gorham's passing It's been a hard year for Rangers fans With Walter, Jimmy and now Andy And then this one's for you Hugh He says Scott Simon also played football and cricket for Scotland Hugh, you're old enough to know that Well <laughs> We've just done a quick check on it And he was there in the team in 1938 Now with the greatest respect Even I was not around in 1938 It wasn't far away But I wasn't around in 1938 But yet Scott Simon went on to Manage Rangers of course uh, A gentleman who had uh, A gentleman's suit on at all times No track suits then Another Man, another figure in Scottish football that I wanted to touch on, Hugh, the sad passing of Drew Busby, who you knew. Yeah, the buzzer. Uh, Terrific centre forward for Hearts in particular. Uh, Came from down the road from here in Dumbarton, Drew. Uh, Played for Third Lanark and scored their last ever goal in 1967 when the club went out of business. Drew scored the last ever goal. A really nice man, a really terrific goal scorer for Hearts. And, uh, you know, I'm sorry to hear of him passing. Well, anything else you want to talk about at home? 01419511025 on the phones, or you can tweet us at Clyde SSB. Another couple of things happening today Hugh, Celtic and Rangers jetting off to their oh. pre season training camp. Celtic full out first today. They are off to Austria. They've got a few friendlies over there. They're playing against Wiener Victoria on Wednesday night, Rapid Vienna on Saturday. That's their first two games. So a few of the photos of them uh, heading out on the plane. Of course, the new signings are there Cameron Carter Vickers and Jota, Seagrest and Burnaby there as well. And another player that was there on the flight is Christopher Julian, who looked as if he was away off to Schalke last week but he's now on their pre-season training camp Now is it the possibility of a twist of fate here because he could not come to a deal with Schalke to join the Bundesliga back at Celtic at a time when you have Cameron Carter-Vickers and Carl Starfelt you have the younger 
Stephen Welsh in the background and Julian up until now on the evidence of all that we have seen uh, has not come on to Ange Postacoglu's radar I just wonder he's there in Austria therefore Ange Postacoglu wants him to be part of what's going on I just wonder if there's still a chance that Christopher Julian could resurrect his career at Celtic Anthony Ralston has shown that no career is ever over and done with you never know the moment because Ange Postacoglu made Anthony Ralston such a success he get into the Scotland team so is it all over for Christian uh, Christopher Julian I'm not sure you wonder if uh, there's a bit of I don't know it could be a bit awkward going you know integrating Christopher Julian back into the Celtic camp because it looks as if Ange Postacoglu is said he's surplus to requirements he's nearly out the door then all of a sudden he's back in there is Christopher Julian then there knowing that he's maybe not in the manager's plans and maybe he wants out and you wonder what the scenario is going to be going forward well there's one way to get into the manager's plans and that's to impress him while you're there and the very fact that Ange Postacoglu has taken Christopher Julian to Austria tells me it's not over it's not over till it's over as they say Time will tell as well with Celtic have three friendlies over there coming up in the next week, week and a half and it'll be interesting to see how much game time he gets, if any at all because Ange Postacoglu will be wanting to rotate he'll be wanting to get the new players plenty of game time as well integrate them into the side but these games always just give you an indicator of, of where the manager's head at, is at going into the new season We always hear talk of Ben Davies at Liverpool and could he be enticed to Celtic but until such time as Celtic get another defender in and I mean an experienced defender then you have to live with the possibility that Carl Starfield or Cameron Carter-Vickers could get injured. Stephen Welsh is still at the apprentice stage in his career. Christopher Julian costs Celtic £7 million. I'm not saying that that automatically guarantees you anything but he is a defender of some experience. There was a time when he looked to be settling into the Celtic team very well. There have been other moments when he has looked anything but safe. But I keep going back to the point that Ange Postacoglu took him with the squad. If Celtic were trying to revive the deal with Schalke or trying to move Julian on elsewhere, would he necessarily have done that? I'm not sure. The fact he's under contract though yeah. Would it have been a strange move Just to leave him at home In the hope that he's going to find a club Well I think the terms of the Proposed deal with Schalke uh, Were that he would have gone there For a season But Celtic would have an option To bring him back to Celtic uh, I may be wrong I frequently am But this could be a twist of fate I don't think that Christopher Julian Is over at Celtic yet We've not spoken to you, Hugh, since the end of last week when Celtic made a couple of signings. Alexandro Bernabe was confirmed. Jota was confirmed on Friday as well. What are you making of the, the early business that Ange Postacoglu has done in this window? I think Ange Postacoglu now rules Celtic Park. You know, what Ange wants, Ange gets. And uh, I, I do know that um, Jota and Cameron Carter-Vickers were there last season and were partly instrumental in Celtic winning the title. What I also know is there would have been widespread disappointment had both of them not been brought back to Celtic on permanent deals. So Celtic have gone behind uh, or got right behind Ange Postacoglu in terms of finance and to bring in Alessandro Bernabe 
uh, at the kind of money that they've paid for a young man, the kind of wage deal he's got for a young man untried, they're getting right behind the manager. The biscuit tin at Celtic Park is no more. Yeah, that's four signings Celtic have made. They've spent around £17 million this summer. Rangers, of course, heading off to Portugal for their warm weather training camp today. Just the one new signing for them that's headed there. John Souter joining up with the squad officially today. He was given a bit of extra time off because he was part of the group that were away playing international matches. But Giovanni Van Bronckhorst will be hoping that while they're away in Portugal that they can get a few deals over the line. The Rangers supporters are looking at Celtic and the number of players who have been brought in, the kind of money that's been put out on getting them in, and the Rangers supporters know that John Souter was a deal that was done last season. They are looking for a bit of movement. Talk of Joe Aribo this morning going to the English Premiership. Ryan Kent will be out of contract soon, as will Alfredo Morelos. The Rangers fans this week... I think are looking for some sign of movement. Uh, it, it's not a, a case of pressing the panic button because there's plenty of time, but they are looking for some indication of what's happening in and out. Is it a bit of an awkward summer for Rangers because when you've got Morelos and Kent and Aribo all entering the last year of their deal and you don't know what the future holds for them, you don't know whether they're going to stay, you don't know whether they're going to leave and what fee you're going to get for them then that then impacts what business you're going to do in both in terms of personnel and in terms of finances yeah and people are looking I mean Ryan Kent cost the Rangers £7 million uh, people are looking on and thinking you're not going to let them go for nothing are you uh, and Morelos we're always being told that Morelos there'll be bids and but they never seem to materialise however you don't want him going off the premises for nothing that would be a calamity. Uh, so movement is awaited. But as I say, it doesn't have to be done tomorrow or the day after. There is time. But the Rangers fans are looking for some heads up here. Yeah, well, Rangers did have their first pre-season friendly over the weekend. It was just a closed-door friendly against Partick Thistle at their training ground. And they didn't have all of their players back at that point. I think a, still a few of them are to join up on Wednesday and Thursday when... The sort of the international players have had a, a full rest. The Rangers team for that game: McLaughlin, Tavernier, Goldson, King, Devine, Lundstrom, Arfield, Lowry, Wright, Sakala, and Middleton. Uh, Josh McPake came off the bench and scored as well. So there's a few players in there that will be hoping that the uncertainty around transfers coming into Rangers, they'll hope that they'll be able to go in there and, and stake their claim and show Giovanni Van Bronckhorst that, that they want to be part of this squad. And was it indicative of anything that John McLaughlin started the match? Will Alan McGregor be the number one goalkeeper at the start of the season? Plenty of intrigue at Ibrox. Yes, and of course we have been talking about Andy Gorham tonight, Hugh. I just want to leave you the final words on Andy Gorham. I will repeat what I said at the start of the programme. There's another book coming out in Andy Gorham, not about the Rangers' ears, but about the Hibs' ears. And in that book, prepared before Andy got the news that he was dealing with terminal illness, he said of his own epitaph... I would like it to be, here lies Andy Gorham. He was dealt a hand and he played it. No regrets. I can't top that. 
Very well said, Hugh Keevans. Thank you for all your calls tonight. Thank you for all your tweets tonight. And thank you for just listening at home as well. Of course, there's plenty to come before the league season kicks off because it's the Premier Sports Cup this weekend. We'll be giving that all the build-up this weekend. A good few games on that card. Dundee against Hamilton, St Mirren Arbroath, Hibs against Clyde on Saturday. Morton Falkirk, Kelty Hearts against Inverness. Peterhead up against Aberdeen on Sunday as well. So lots to look forward to. Celtic and Rangers away in their pre-season training camps now. They'll have plenty of friendlies coming up and loads of transfer news to come as well. I'll be back tomorrow night. Mark Wilson will be in the studio with me. And stick around tonight because Callum Gallagher is up next. <laughs>